sometimes bases are underrated um, and they should be overrated. So I just, I don't know. It's really hard to hear that, that it's size. Quick, let me over... correct you. Bases are not underrated. Flyers are overrated. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up, you tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We talking cheer, we talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 132. Not sure if there's going to be a 133, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Ever wonder how to manage those pre-competition jitters? We are heading into competition season, and so coaches need to know. Well, today we're going to explore managing anxiety from both a coach's and a parent's perspective. And that is not all. Parents, have you ever wondered about the selection process for flying positions, right? How in the world is that kid flying over my daughter? Well, we are tackling that today as well. And and I share probably what you are thinking as a coach, but that you probably don't say to your parents and everyone will get a better understanding of why certain decisions are made. And then our question of the week dives into building up your prep program and what is separating great programs from the others. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer, education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcast. Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother, love you mom. Shout out to Sheila, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there. Our mate Michelle, Mike the lean mean coaching machine. Shout out to Adam and Casey. Shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark. Shout out to Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday Beal. And our two newest supporters, Erica and Austin. Erica, Austin, truly means a lot to me that you would donate financially to the show. Again, everything donated goes towards making this a better show for your listening pleasure. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes to do so. But if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best free way is to share this podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there and asks the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more what's good. Uh, my life is a hot mess, Jason. Like, they can't see this, but like, you know, my hair is a mess. Just dropped the girls off at school. They have like their first time of wearing their cheer uniforms to school today because they have a rally. So mm. if you've seen their school cheer uniforms, they're light colored, like white with like light blues and stuff. So I'm kind of nervous about that. Like how much damage control am I going to have to be doing on these uniforms? <laughs> 
But other than that, <laughs> cheer moms think about those things like for real. Yeah. Is this stain going to come yeah. out or things like that? So this is actually pretty funny. When you said this, I've joined a few <laughs> groups recently. I've joined a few new. This is so true. <laughs> And I wasn't going to bring this up right now, but you pitched it to me right here. But I've joined a few new Facebook groups, You all for the sake of the podcast, truly. And I joined a new coaches group. You know, usually I just talk about ASGA or the tumbling, the all-star tumbling page. And those are the two ones I'm on. And I'm on the next gen page as well. And I'm on a few other coaches ones, but you know, I kind of stick to those and they're good. I need to get out into some different groups, find some more topics for the show. And I joined this other group like within the last week. And so I'm checking in on topics or whatever. And someone said something, and this has a lot of like school and rec mm -hmm. coaches as well, not just all-star coaches. And so the, the coach was talking about how, like, what should I do? I text our girls, like our football team or their basketball, like some team in their school made it to playoffs. The coach wants the athletes to wear their uniforms to school, you know, on that Friday or whatever. And all the girls like basically said, no, <laughs> like, no, we don't want to wear it to school. And she's like, what should I do? And, you know, there's all these comments about it. And I was just like, completely, like you said, the girls are wearing their uniform to school. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they did this when you're in high school, because they did when I was in high school, that the girls wore their uniforms to school on game, like not just playoffs, but every game day, they wore their uniform to school. Yep. And the guys wore their football jerseys every Friday. That's like what you wore. And so it was funny that these girls were like, well, one, that, that they told the coach, no, like, <laughs> no, we don't want to do it. <laughs> like, what world are we living in? No, you're wearing your uniform to school, kid. So yeah. anyway. I'm totally fine with them wearing uniforms to school. I think it's great. You know, I think, and it's like it, where we're at right now, it's Red Ribbon Week, so it's like fighting against drugs. So it's like Spirit Week and, you know, they have a rally today. So I'm totally fine with them wearing their uniforms anytime, but my mom anxiety comes in because they are lighter colored and, you know, whether you have girls or not, like young kids don't care about like keeping their clothes clean. So yeah. me, it's like the aftermath of like, what do I have to dry clean it or spray and wash? You know what yeah. I mean? So I feel you. their coach did tell them they had to wear it and they are wearing it. So... <laughs> And they are wearing it. So yeah, there you go. Of uh, speaking of groups, I have infiltrated. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now a crazy mama cheer people. Uh, so y'all better watch your mouths in there, cause your boy's gonna see it. We're, we'll hop more into that a little bit later. But I am now a crazy mama cheer, cause my daughter is in cheer 101, <laughs> and she will be performing at our showcase. This will be her second performance as an actual cheerleader, and so you know, I'll be there. There's actually a lot of coaches in in that thing. I was like, I'm mad at all you. Ain't none y'all moms <laughs> y'all coaches infiltrated try to put on a front so anyway here we go i have a hot take real quick okay another hot take my last hot take was about get rid of dance on the score sheet in cheerleading this this one has nothing to do with cheerleading b do you pick up unknown numbers like if the number is not saved in your phone do you pick it up Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. See, that's why there's a hot take. Guys, I think those are the numbers you should pick up. Now, hear me out, B. Hear me <laughs> out. Not if it says telemarketer on it, then I won't pick mm. it up. Like, okay, I know it's a telemarketer. Okay. But if it's just a random number, like I just don't know it, then yeah, I pick it up. Because you have zero clue who's on the other line. It's like when it says Susie Q, and I'm like, dude, I owe Susie Q a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got, you know, I ain't got it on me right now. Then I avoid Susie Q's phone call because, you know, I ain't got it on me. Susie, stop bugging me about the hundred dollars. But if it's just six six one, whatever, I'm like, dude, this could be anyone. This could be Ashley. Ashley could be stranded on the side of the road, flat tire, her phone died. Hello, is this Ashley? <laughs> 
no oh telemarketer hang up right but at least like how hard is it just to like hang up on someone if it's like not what you want like hey i'm here to talk to you about life insurance like you're like okay i'm good i got life insurance right but like you just don't know who's on the other end of the line so yeah i i'm a big proponent of picking it up if you actually don't know who the number is because you don't know who's calling on the other line could be rylan matter of fact could be kensley you don't want that to happen so there you go have i changed your mind no not at all And I will say this reason being is because like nowadays the phones are so like up to date and like a random number will call and it'll say like potential spam. So I don't have the girls' school number programmed in my phone, but I know the first like three digits of it. So I'll pick that up. And then the gym, I know the first like three digits of the gym. So I'll pick that up. But I have numbers that call me and it'll say like 661 Shafter or Taft. And I answer the phone and they're like, hello, this is the police account out of me we're looking for sponsors <laughs> and i'm like no and i hang up or i have people call me all the time and they're like <laughs> yeah we were just looking you own this house at this street and we're looking to buy houses <laughs> i'm like okay give me a million dollars for my house then i'll sell sure you know like yeah. or like double pane windows <laughs> sure. things or or even solar and i'm like i have solar i don't want different solar panels i'm good so i don't answer it anymore because it frustrates me because they say the same thing all the time and on my side for like the police academy i'm like bro you guys call me every two weeks like take my number off your list yeah so they're gonna get you one day you're like all right i'm done (laughs) okay well you know you didn't change my mind (laughs) take pick up (laughs) pick up random numbers your boy does it all the time and you know i'm all right all right one thing before we get into the rest of the show because we got some we have some really good stuff for this show for you guys i was doing the recap episode and i got a text message from someone he has to remain nameless okay gotta protect the innocent but i, I got a text message from someone and he gave me a few suggestions or he com- he made he gave some suggestions and then made a couple comments and i would like to acknowledge that i believe he is right and that what I said was not 100% right or downright maybe just wrong. I don't want to say it was wrong, but it was not 100% right or accurate. Okay. Now, before we get back to the show, I need you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for full outs training but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on-demand online course. You can now access the Preparing for Full Out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full-out perfection. Link in the show notes. But we are talking about athletes missing practice. That was like this whole thing, athletes missing practice. And I was commenting on a post that had been made to Instagram, right? The post about, hey, your athletes seem to be in practice. It's 100% detrimental to the team and blah, 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 blah. That whole post that got some good traction. I was commenting on comments from that post. Okay. And someone had said something like, I'm just paraphrasing, but something like, you wouldn't see this many absences basically 
likely in traditional male coached sports. And I'll go, yeah, I think there is something to that. I don't think you see, I don't think we have this many absences in football or in baseball or, you know, whatever. But then I did throw in, I still think you have this many absences like on a Smoed or like a, you know, Wildcats or a, you know, a Stingrays orange or something like that. And I was kind of, because I was primed of thinking about the male versus female part of the sport, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where my brain was heading. But the reality is the comment that this person had made to me is actually what I truly believe until someone else makes a comment. It's not that it's male, female is what separated it. It's the opportunity to be replaced is what is really separating it. And in football, you know, if you miss a couple days of practice, they are going to put someone else in your position and they can more easily replace you on a football team or a basketball team or a baseball team than you can be easily replaced on a cheer team. Now, obviously anyone can be replaced on a cheer team, but it takes a lot more reworking to replace an athlete on a cheer team, right? Like you have to take a whole day or two days, you know, the kid has to learn the choreography and to go and there's just like a whole bunch of extra steps Mm -hmm. when if someone is missing at football that day, you just throw someone else in there, right? They already know the plays. You just throw someone else in there. They might not be able to do as good of a job or whatever, but they're there and they can they can do it. Uh, this is a good quote. I always hear, you know, I watch all my sports shows. So here we go. Impromptu quote of the week. Here we go. <laughs> the best ability is availability. Oh, drop the bar on them. Say it louder for the people in the back. The best ability is availability. Guys, I'm just telling you right now, be there and your life will be significantly easier. So anyway, yeah, I just want to throw that out there that to acknowledge that I was uh, incorrect on that. And I believe that that is the correct because that being said, I think that on the girls varsity soccer team, you don't have as many absences or the girls varsity basketball team, you'll have as many absences or the girls varsity softball team, you'll have as many absences. I either because of the competitive nature of the sport and that you can just easily be replaced if you miss practice that day or if you miss a couple, you know, you miss a string of practices versus how it's just a little bit harder, more steps to replace someone on the cheer team. Not to mention, you know, coaches don't really want to kick anyone off the team because it's a, you know, the high school softball team, the coach is going to get paid regardless of how many kids are on the team, right? But like in all-star cheerleading, each kid represents a dollar figure, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, you want them there to be for their competitive, you know, whatever skills they bring to the team, but they also have like a financial benefit to having, you know, more kids in the gym, right? So anyway, if someone else argued with me about having more kids in the gym, having more kids doesn't mean you're more profitable. Yeah, but having more kids means you have more revenue generated. And typically having more revenue generated means you're more profitable. Like having more kids is more profitable than having less kids. Anyway, that just seems like simple math to me. Anyway, be. People in my comments get my blood boiled. Yeah. That's why I don't answer anyone in the comments. That's why I don't answer random phone calls because they get my blood <laughs> boiling. Yeah, that doesn't get my blood boiling. I just go, yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, but I see, I see your point. We got, we got, we got to avoid our pain points. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, all right, B. Should we get into? Our first segment, our first actual segment. Yeah, I think so. All right, here we go. First segment of the day, coaches comment. Guys, this is where we are in our group, our Facebook groups, and we just see a comment left by a coach, and we just want to throw our our two cents in the mix and let you know how we feel about that particular subject or topic. So B, go ahead, hit us up with this week's coaches comment. All right, so disclaimer, I'm not in the coaches groups. Jason is. And he sends them to me. So this one says, hi, coaches, have a question. How do you handle your anxieties the day of competition? There we go. All right. So 
a couple things. I think all of us coaches, I don't know any coaches who don't really get nervous on comp days. I mean, you know, I have my particular anxieties that, you know, arise on comp days because, you know, it's it's everything that you've worked towards coming on to the mat and you just want to make sure the kids go out there and do their very best and, you know, can have that routine that they, you know, they've been training hard for. The thing is with cheerleading, you see some freaky stuff out there. Like you just see stuff that just happens and you just know that any Anything can happen out there on the mat. You know, you've seen the kids at their very best and you know what their potential is. And as a coach, you've seen so many reps that you've seen maybe not the whole team at its very worst at the same time, but you've seen all the individuals at their worst. And you know that that prep in the dance can drop. You've seen the prep in the dance drop before at the end of the routine. You've seen the knee stunt that's very, very easy for these kids drop. Like you've seen like these random things. I remember one time when I was in college, uh, Ralph answering full, crossed the floor, did it a thousand times. And one day I just spaced out, got lost in the air, landed on my butt, only did half a spin. Half a spin, landed on my butt. And I like was like, where the heck am I? And that just like happened one time randomly in college. Never happened before that. Didn't happen after that. But it was just like a random thing that happened. So, you know, like random stuff happens out there on the floor. So, you know, to try to calm my anxieties, here are some things that I do. One, typically competitions are on Saturday and Sunday. We will typically get there on a Friday. So I really like to walk the venue Friday evening or Friday afternoon. Like whenever we get there, when we go to register for the competition, I really like to walk the venue, especially if it's a new venue that we haven't competed at yet. I will go walk the venue, get familiarized with just where everything is. Where are the warm-up rooms located if there's more than one warm-up room? Where are the competition stages located? Where is our team room located? Where are the bathrooms located? Uh, I go and look at the actual warm-up room. I look at the warm-up What's the warm up room setup? How does this look like? You know, how does this whole thing lay out? I'll go to the actual competition stages and check out how the how the stages are set up, you know, and just get a lay of the land to try to make sure just to familiarize myself with with the venue and how everything is going to play out the morning of an event. I'll typically get up and I'll do my little my little morning routine. So, you know, I do my little devotional. I will read a little bit get my so I try to get my, my spirit right, try to get my mind right, you know, read a little bit. Then I do a little, get a little physical movement going. So I'll do my my push-ups and my sit-ups and my squats and just try to get a little bit active there. And then I'll do, I'll eat a little breakfast. I love it because Ashley lots of times will bring a toaster to the, to our hotel room. And then, you know, we get bagels and cream cheese and salami. And, and that's typically my breakfast on comp days or we'll get, um or tangerines. But yeah, after that, everything is is just I try to plan out everything that I can. Um, I think that sitting alone, like not doing anything is typically when our anxieties rise because we're think we have time to like think about everything that could be going wrong. And when we have time to think about all those things that could be going wrong, you know, our anxieties rise. So keeping yourself busy is a good way to keep your anxiety down. Like if you're keeping your mind busy. So what I so then we just try to plan out every minute or I try to plan out every minute of the day so that I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And so we have our play-by-play that Ashley works on. I know I've showed this to the parents a few times over the years, but if you've never seen our play-by-play, it is exactly what it sounds like. It says, you know, 
mini sparkle meets at 6 a.m. And it will have, you know, Jason, Ashley, Bailey. And, you know, all of us have different color codes for our name. So, you know, I'm in red. And at 6 a.m. it says Jason meets mini sparkle. And then it says 6.15, Jason starts pre-warm up with mini sparkle. Then it says 6.25, Jason takes mini sparkle to the bathroom. And then it says, you know, 6.45, Jason meets youth black. You know, and, and it's a whole document of exactly and it has everyone's name on so you know exactly what everyone's supposed to be doing at 12 p.m jason runs this ipod to coach josh coach josh goes to the warm-up room to meet junior blue josh goes through the warm-ups with junior blue goes to the stage hands the ipod to sheila sheila hits play bailey picks up score sheets for junior blue like it's a whole it's a whole thing and so once we get that so we have that whole thing so all of our coaches know exactly what's supposed to happen we developed that because we were having issues with our crossovers and how to get our crossovers from one team to the other team and just anyway we one night I was just like guys we are gonna go over this right now in the hotel room that bedroom over there we had like a, uh, like a connected suite. That bedroom over there is the warm-up room. This bedroom over here is the team room. And this space over here is the competition stage. And we're going to walk through how we actually do this. And Ashley's like, it'd be easier if I just wrote all this down. So she wrote it down and we, you know, we go through the that thing. Anyway, but after I get the play-by-play, we could not live without the play-by-play. But after I get the play-by-play and I have my teams, I break down what I do in between. You know, so when it says like Jason starts pre-warm-up at noon, with senior black and then goes to warm-ups with senior black at 1 p.m like i break down that hour between 12 and 1 of exactly what i'm going to be doing so then i break that all the way down with exactly what needs to happen you know how long we're going to work on a particular section and i break that whole hour down so i know exactly when we're going to do what and it includes me you know going over our theme of the day it goes over their counts for everything i mean i just go over everything when i'm going to take them to the bathroom and everything I, I explain then go take them to the warm room and then we have a, a great day so there we go that is my you know thing i have a lot of breathing techniques i try to do <sighs> throughout the day you know there you go but sometimes you just gotta let go and let god so there you go anyway b as a parent do you have any rituals that you do on comp days to kind of get rid of parent anxiety now that i think about it i do i have a list i have a laminated list and i have one on my phone that i go through to make sure like when we're packing for competitions because i feel like as a parent you're always worried that you forgot something and there's nothing worse than you know flying to nashville and you're forgetting your liner or something like that. Or even like just driving to Palm Springs, you know, that's a four hour drive. Like you can't just drive home and get something. Mm -hmm. So I have a list on my phone and a laminated one that I go through and I make sure that I physically check it off. Like I don't worry about the girls doing it and they're 13 years old and they could probably do it themselves, but I'm still the parent. So I'm still like responsible for that. (laughs) So that helps me and I have never forgot anything. So that really helps me. Depending on like what time our call time is, I might braid the girls' hair the night before and like wrap it you know if we have a 6 a.m call time i mean that's pretty rough already so you figure you're getting up at 4 30 4 45 because the kids still got to eat they got to put their makeup on they got to curl their hair you got to give them a couple minutes to wake up so i kind of on morning of competitions i kind of give them like 15 minutes to like when i by the initial time i like wake them up to where when they have to really actually get up and eat breakfast and that kind of helps them not be 
so like stressed out or tired or get in a bad mood because they have time to like wake up and get going. The biggest thing for me is I don't get mad at them or yell at them on comp days because I feel like, and my husband actually was the one that said this to me, like you set the tone for them in the morning. Now, yeah, we are crunch for time sometimes and they don't always realize that. So if you're yelling at them or you're like, hurry up, let's go. We got to do this. You know, you're just kind of like riding them. It mm-hmm. sets the tone for their day. So I try to just be as calm as I can and like, okay, we're we're there. We're going to do it, you know. So that definitely helps. And just having extra time, I think, is the biggest thing. So they don't feel rushed and I don't feel rushed. I know for me, like, unless we have a late call time, but like morning call times, I get them up and get them ready and I take them to their meet time and then I go back and get myself ready. So I'm not trying to get three people ready at the same time. Mm-hmm. That seemed to help out a lot. I started doing that last season and that really seemed to help out a lot because I mean, I don't really care what someone sees me looking like in the morning as long as my kids are on (laughs) time and they look good and they're ready. I can go back in between meet time and comp time and get myself ready. So that definitely helps out. And then, you know, I just like try to give the girls a treat in the morning, like something that's going to make them happy. And so I don't usually let them drink Red Bulls. But if they are like, can I get a Red Bull? I'm like, that's fine. Go ahead. Like if it's going to make you Mm -hmm. happy and make you have a better day. Like and so for me, they don't get them all the time. So it's that's fine. Like it's going to make them have a good day. Or if they if there's an opportunity to get Starbucks and they're like, can we please get a Starbucks this morning? If we can, I will let them. Mm -hmm. So just little things that are going to make them have a good start to their day. If they have a good day, then I'm going to have a good day. I definitely do get nervous right before they go on stage. And I get nervous because there's always like the what ifs of, is somebody going to trip? Are somebody going to forget something? I probably won't get as nervous this year, but I did get nervous last year because the girls were on three teams. And at one point, one of the girls said to me, what if I mess up the routine because I'm thinking of another team? And I was like, oh, goodness gracious. So when so that kind of like put a lot of stress on me because she brought it up to me. But, you know, thankfully that never happened. So I don't know. I just try to stay calm. As long as they're having a good morning, then everything will be fine. And it's just cheerleading. Like, I mean, it's yeah. weird to say that. They just go have a good time. And I always tell the girls, if you're not having fun, then what are we doing this for? So just have fun. Yeah. So but that's about it for me. I feel you, V. You brought this up about staying calm, and that goes for coaches too. There's a quote I always read to the kids that says something like, when you have a feeling in your heart, it's transmitted to every cell in your body, and then people up to 10 feet away from you can feel what you are feeling. And it says, so what are you projecting out to your team? Are you projecting out positivity or negativity? Are you that you believe in them or that you don't believe them, right? So you got to really think about like, what are you projecting out? Are you projecting? projecting out anxiety to your team or are you projecting out, you know, confidence in your team? And so the same thing with the parents, you know, as you guys wake up in the morning, like you have them, you're transmitting your feelings and you're, are you nervous about their stun or their tumbling pass and transmitting that over to your kids and they bring it over to the team because you can feel that energy on, on comp days for sure. But anyway, let's go ahead. Let's get to a break. And when we get back, we're, uh, we're going to see what's popping with the parents. All right. Sounds good. And we are back. This question comes to us from Coach Lauren. Routine cleanup staff, original choreographer, guest coach with a fresh set of eyes. 
Great question, and honestly, we do all three. Lots of cleaning up from our own staff. We'll bring back the original choreographers. We'll do coaches swaps within our program, and I'll do video reviews for our coaches and our teams. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for a big event, I'd love to help you out. You send me your routine, and I'll send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have done this for have gone on to be world champions. NCA All-Star Champions, NCA Collegiate Champions, Summit Champions, and D2 Summit Champions. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkinsatme.com or on IG at Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So this next segment, we're going to hop into what's popping with the parents. Very similar to our coach's comment, but we haven't done what's popping with the parents in quite a little bit of time. So for those of you guys who are new to the show, what's popping with the parents? B or me now, because I'm in, you know, these coaches, because I am a cheer dad in coaches groups or in parent groups. And, you know, parents, you know, talk, have questions, have comments. And we see what's popping with the parents. And then again, throw in our two cents on that particular subject. But before we get into that, for all of our parents, to listen, our friend Kristen Wheeler from the Cheer Mom blog has a free online workshop for you guys. So join her for a free online workshop just for team reps, team moms, team dads, or anyone who's helping out the team coaches. They are going to talk about what a team rep is and what a team rep isn't, how to communicate what you need, and how to get prepped for a competition day. So if you find yourself in that position, you have the honor of being a, a team rep, then this free workshop is for you. Just three dates and times for you to choose from one on Saturday, October 28th, one on Sunday, October 29th, and one on Monday, October 30th. So again, team reps, go check that out. It's free. And Kristen's awesome. She's a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure this is going to be a great training for all of you guys. So um, B, go ahead, hit us up with that. What's popping with the parents comment? What are the parents talking about? All right. So this person is anonymous. Okay. I have a serious question for all the coaches slash moms on here. Why do you keep a flyer in the air that can't even do a lib when you have other flyers that can pull amazing heel stretches, needles, bow and arrows, etc. and are extremely good flyers. A lot of gyms do this and I don't understand. Which this is a great question because I can't lie and I can't deny that I have sometimes thought that. Like, why is this person flying when Susie over here could do way better? So I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this, Jason. There we go. We have to define what is way better. Where do I go? If I want to answer this question right here, In general, a less flexible flyer who can barely pull a lid, my guess is that she's just flat out smaller than the other kid that we're talking about, you know, this really, really flexible kid. I heard this saying, and it really has stuck with me ever since I've heard it. But you can't teach tiny. You can teach a kid to be flexible. You can teach a kid how to lock out her leg, but you can't teach a kid, you know, at the time I was in college cheer. So a small kid was 90 pounds, right? But you can't teach a kid to be 90 pounds. I had another coach say this. You really is the physics of everything. Like, why is this flyer not in the air, you know? And he was like, well, it's physics. It's literally physics that it's easier to lift this athlete up than it is to lift this athlete up, right? Actually, this is true. I went to cheer camp once upon a time and cheer camp was at UCLA and the UCLA basketball team was there. And these guys were huge. They were so big. They were so tall. I was like, they were like really big guys. They were really, really tall. I'm looking up at it and I'm, I'm six foot. I'm looking up at 
at these guys, like three of them. I remember asking him like, dude, how tall are all you guys? He's like, yeah, he said, I remember him saying something like, yeah, the shortest guy on our team is like six, five. And I was just like, that is insane. Especially at that time in my life. That was insane to me. I don't know this particular circumstance of why this flyer, why this specific flyer is flying specifically over that specific flyer. There are a ton of reasons why this flyer is flying over this flyer that I cannot name. In general, my first guess is just that this this kid who can barely pull a lib, I'm guessing is really, really tiny. That's my number one thing is that this flyer is really, really tiny. And that's why they're there. But there's 8 billion reasons why. Now, the bigger question is, here's the here's here's actually the real question. Why is this posted anonymously on a <laughs> cheer mom page? And I'm assuming it's a mom because it's the crazy moms a cheer, but it could be a dad. It could be anyone. If this person truly wants to know the answer to that question, they would talk to the coach directly. I'm not sure how many comments are on that thing, but none of those are the correct answer. I mean, they're all, you know, hypothesis. It's This could be the reason why, but, you know, my answer 100% can be wrong. But if parents truly want to know the answer to their questions, they need to talk to their coaches about why isn't, and maybe they might not tell you why this girl can barely pull a lib is flying. And if I'm assuming that the other person they're talking about is their daughter, which it might not be their daughter. They might just be just another member on the team wondering why this person isn't flying. But, you know, if I'm assuming it's their daughter, hey, well, why is it my daughter flying? And they can give you answers to why your daughter isn't flying specifically. But posting anonymously on a group page, you don't really want the answer. You really don't want the answer because no one can give you the answer. One, you posted anonymously. Well, at least if you have listed your name and it was, you know, a parent, in our, you know, it's you. And now you go, why is it my daughter flying? I go, hey, B, let me tell you why Kinsley is a flying or why Rylan is a flying, then there's a small chance of the answer that the question could be answered. Right now, there's zero chance that this question could be answered unless you go to your coaches specifically. But there's a billion reasons why a kid who can barely pull a lib, maybe it's the base's fault. And the flyer is great. We had a, we had a kid who just one year just didn't have great bases. And we had some guest coaches come in and they're asking about why is this kid in the air? And I'm like, I'm telling you, this kid's a freaking dynamo. She's great. The Flyers, she's so good. It's her bases and she, the kid's scared to death underneath of her that they're going to drop her. So, you know, that's not why, like, why is she in the air? She's in the air because she's a great flyer. She doesn't look like a great flyer because her, you know, she's terrified and she doesn't have good bases. So, you know, that could be the answer. I don't know. So anyway, what are your thoughts be on any of that I just said I think it's as a parent I think it's really hard to hear that the reason someone's flying over somebody could be just because of their weight or like their size not necessarily yeah their weight and their size I think it's it's hard to hear that I mean my daughters aren't ginormous by any means but they're also not teeny tiny like some of their flyers are that they have would I love to see my daughters back in flying positions absolutely I would but I also think they're killing it as bases. And I think that sometimes bases are underrated and they should be overrated. So I just, I don't know. It's really hard to hear that, that it's size over. Real quick, let me correct you. Bases are not underrated. 
Flyers are overrated. Okay, so that's in your coach's perspective. But I, when people, when it comes to cheerleading, that's the only perspective that matters, right? The coaches who coach the team. So, from a parent's perspective, when you, or not even a parent's perspective, right? You know, if we record the girls and we come home from a competition, and our friends are like, "Oh, let me see your competition," so we show them the video of their performance. The first thing that they go and say is, "Wow, that girl looks good in the air," or "Oh, that girl doesn't. She's like kind of bobbling in the air." Something along those lines. I've never heard them say, wow, that girl can hold those girls hold that girl up. I've never heard anything about bases. And this is just from our friends. So I don't know. I just back to I I think it is as a parent hard to hear that. I mean, it's it's just the fact of, hey, that's how it goes. I think it eases like for me, it eases my mind when you said that this girl's an amazing flyer, but she's scared because of her bases. That's good to hear because your kid could be amazing as a flyer and the bases just don't work out and they're just not what that flyer needs. So that kind of gives perspective to me on you could have amazing flyer, but the bases just don't work out for them. So that's Mm -hmm. another reason why, you know, I mean, I don't know how to really put into words what I'm thinking right now. But like you said, you can talk to the coaches like there's no reason not to talk to them. I mean, we've said this before on multiple episodes, like if you have issues, go to your coaches and talk to your coaches. There's no reason why you should feel scared or blown off or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I think the reality is, okay, I'm making a lot of assumptions with this, mm-hmm. but the reality is this parent might already know that their kid's too big to fly. Mm-hmm. Hence why they're putting it anonymously on a parent page because they are scared of what the answer is, which is, well, she's just bigger than these kids. And you know, here's the thing. It's in every sport mm-hmm. that requires any physical activity. It's a lot of sports that don't require physical activity or where your size is actually matter darts or rifling or I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying I am not even trying to disparage those sports. I'm just saying your physical stature does not matter in rifling. Your physical stature does not matter mm-hmm. in darts. Every other sport, your physical stature actually matters at the NFL combine and they measure their height and they measure, you know, they see how many times they can rep 225 pounds. They see how fast they can run and they have all these data and statistics on everything the athletes can do physically. And then they make judgment calls whether these athletes can do the sport. And so I'm not trying to give athletes eating disorders or anything. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to a a position where athletes have to lift you, your mass has a lot to do with your ability to do, mm-hmm. you know, skills. Well, not your ability to do said skills, but the athletes who have to lift you, their ability to do said skills with you. And he's like, well, get better, stronger bases. Yeah, that's a, you can get better, stronger bases. We, we could do that too, but you can only make a soup with the ingredients you've been given. And so, yes, you know. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because that is like 100% true. I mean, you can only make a soup with what you are given. You can't, why are you just going to pull a, a base out of your left mm-hmm. arm or something. Yeah. Like, come on now. I mean, I, I have a lot of thing, a lot of thoughts like processing right now about this topic. And, you know, I have heard this multiple times and I think you wrote a blog on it that your flyer will not fly forever. That's something true. along those lines, right? I should throw it in the comments. I should throw it in the comments of that thing. And Stir it up. <laughs> Stir it. <laughs> it is totally true. And I say this coming from a parent person, cheer, whatever. My daughters were flyers up until the last two years. So my daughters used to 
fly. And, you know, one stopped flying before the other and now they're bases. And are there things that they could improve on being a base? Absolutely. People can always improve. But as a parent, I am very proud of them that, you know, they went from flying to learning a new position and it just adds to what they can offer to a team. And I'm not saying my kids are the best at anything because they're okay, but they're not the best. There's always someone better than you. So it is hard to see your child go from being a flyer to a different mm-hmm. position. But if you love the sport, you're going to do any position, right? I mean, kind of makes sense. You. I feel you. So. And I, I do want to say this. I understand that flying gets the notoriety from in the sport, right? Like you said, you know, you look at the video and people comment on the mm-hmm. flyers and everything, but absolutely, mm-hmm. I would rather have a bunch of good bases than a bunch of good flyers. Honestly, bases can really make flyers look good. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for flyers, just the flyer alone to make all of the bases look good, right? Like the other bases can, and even though the other bases can compensate for a weak base, like if you have a strong main base and a strong back spot, you can have a weak flyer and a weak secondary base easily. But if it's the other way around, it's a little bit harder. Again, I said this and Claire actually reposted this thing about be a main base. But I'm telling you, a, a really good main base, that's what coaches want. <laughs> coaches want really good main bases. You need tall back spots. You need really good main bases. Like honestly, technically wise, this is my opinion. You need tall back spots. You'll necessarily need good back spots. You need good back, but you need tall back. Like the quality you want in a back spot is tall. Quality you want in a flyer is tiny. The quality you want for a secondary base is they need to have a pulse. The quality you need for a main base, they need to be good. <laughs> you need a good technical base to be a good main base, right? Like <laughs> every every parent's like, my kid's a secondary base. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have a pulse. That was that was one for the book. It's just I always say that it's just a lot easier to learn. I'm not trying to disparage secondary bases. It's just a lot easier to learn second than it is to learn main. You don't have as much responsibility. So I'm not hating on secondary bases. It's just a lot easier to learn second than it is to learn main. So no one come after me for kids a second. You need secondary bases. It's just easier to teach a second than it is to teach a main. Like mains, God didn't make as many good main bases as he did secondary bases for some reason so you know anyway before i get canceled let's get to a break (laughs) all right that sounds good Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show, and get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. All right, guys, here we are with our sounds like that question of the week. B, we're getting very close to music getting here. We already have our prep music. I know Elite Music is somewhere. It's in the works. I know that he's completed writing our music. Like, you know, he writes it. You know, he goes on his long walks. He writes the music out, all the lyrics out. Mm -hmm. He has to send out to the vocalist and all those things. And so I know that we are, he's written the music. So we should have music soon, you know, hopefully soon. We'll see. But here we go. But this question is brought to you by Sounds Like That. So if you need hot fire cheer music, guys, soundslikethat.com. 
Let them know that the Let's Talk Cheer podcast sent you. Anyway, B, what is our question of the week? Oh, if you have a question of the week, link in the description. There's a, a link and you just click on it and you can send in your question. We answer them straight from there. Yes, please send your questions in because we definitely need them. We like to see all your questions. Okay, so this week's question of the week is how do we as coaches or as an industry fix what feels like a harder way for kids to get into competing? For example, I have moved to a newer D2 gym. Our prep teams are still brand new to cheer. As the years have gone on, it feels like more it goes from elite, junior elite, novice. My prep team last year was so discouraged at the level of perfection some of these prep squads were coming up with. I do understand a lot of it comes from coaching and other aspects, but it feels like prep isn't as middle ground as it was in the past. Great question. Uh, There's a couple of things that come to mind when I think about this question. One, we have our prep teams and our prep teams do pretty well. And I say this often enough on the podcast, our prep teams do pretty well at competitions. They win more than they lose. And I think there's a couple of things that go into that. One, we have dedicated coaches to our prep teams who coach our prep teams like they are going to the world championships. And so they really hold them to a high standard. And so one, we have a good level of coaching on our prep teams, which I really feel makes a distinction between our prep teams and other prep teams. While lots of programs will just use their junior coaches, right? They're using someone on the senior three team to coach their prep teams. You know, we have Bailey and Claire and Brindley and Princess who are dedicated to making sure our prep program looks great. And I didn't name everyone, so don't come after me. Taco, Melissa. Melissa listens to the pod. Hey, Brindley listens to the pod too. Hey, shout out to Zach. But I'm not sure if I named all our prep coaches, but I wasn't trying to name all of them. But we have dedicated coaches to the prep program. I'm not saying they're just dedicated to like saying they don't do elite, but I'm saying they are dedicated to making sure our prep program is great and they coach them like they're going to the world championships, right? And so versus just someone else, you know, someone who's just looking to earn money for tuition or this is just a fun job for them. And so there's just a different level of coaching that we have on our prep teams than I see most gyms have. The other thing I would say is talent, even though the difference isn't huge, but because we have a prerequisite for our level one elite teams, we have a bar And if they don't meet that bar for our level one elite teams, then they're going to do prep. So there is, I want to say a huge, but there is a talent barrier as far as prep goes. Now, when our prep teams weren't as good, it's when we had zero skills required for our elite teams. So when we had zero skills required for an elite level one, right? So senior level one, junior level one, youth level one, mini or whatever, it was the same as prep. And we basically let families pick if they wanted to be a part of our prep program or a part of our elite program. So I can't remember what it was like when you first came in, but it was around that time that we made that switch that you had to, before it was, if you're brand new to cheerleading, you could come in and you could try out and be on our junior one elite squad. If you were brand new to cheerleading, you could come in and be on our senior one elite squad. After a couple of years, our coaches, you know, bugging me. They're like, Jason, we've got to put a requirement on this. Like they've got to have a back walkover. I'm like a back walkover. I'm like a back walkover. You're killing me guys. So we started off and we started off with, they had to do like a back bend. You have to have a back bend to make our elite level one team. And then we did that for a year or two and eventually switched it to yeah, have a back walkover front walkover to make an elite level one team. And once we put those requirements on that really, really helped out our prep program because we had kids 
kids who could do back bends, right? They couldn't, they couldn't back, maybe they can do back bend, they could do back bend kickover, but weren't doing front walkover, back walkover. So those more talented kids who weren't quite ready for or who didn't meet our standard for elite were staying on the prep teams, right? Which obviously helps out the talent for our prep teams and helps us be in a more competitive position. Now, all that being said, I think that a lot of times gyms have different price points for their elite teams and for their prep teams, which is why some families choose to do prep versus elite just because it's at a different price point. And they go, okay, this is what is good for our family. You know, our daughter has never cheered before. Our son has never cheered before. We have no idea if they're going to enjoy this sport or not. We're going to put them in the prep program, not spend all this money traveling, you know, here and there in uniforms. Let's start here, see if they like it, then move over, over to elite. Now, because elite is at a different price point and gyms are more profitable, profitable with more kids in their elite program, gyms will go, hey, although we have our prep program, you should do our elite program because now you're going to pay us more money. And now the gym can keep the doors open and pay their utility bills and pay the rent and pay, you know, have just more money to play with. But that puts gyms in a competitive disadvantage because they have these kids who really should be prep athletes or prep teams. I don't say the whole team, but prep athletes who really should what they're competing on an elite squad, right? Against teams who are have elite athletes on their elite programs. And then when you take those kids, all your best prep kids and put them on elite, that leaves you with nothing in your prep program. And then you, you're going to get beat by these other teams that are whatever. So I would say gyms should have a focus, should make sure that they have good quality coaches. I know a lot of these things are going to be easier said than none, but make sure you have good quality coaches who are dedicated to coaching your prep teams. Make Make sure you have a standard for what a elite athlete is. And if they don't meet those standards, then they should be on your, your prep teams, right? And then the other part of it is, is choosing what competitions that you take your prep teams to. They don't need to go to all the, the biggest events and compete against the biggest teams out there as a prep team. What we're really trying to do with our prep squads is give them, you know, the experience of what all-star cheerleading is all about and let them say, hey, okay, yeah. And if they want to, you know, we go to Jams National nationals or we, we went to jams nationals the last couple of years and that's been our big event for them but even before that we weren't taking them anywhere we're keeping everything super local if they wanted to have like a really big grandiose experience then they would have to join our elite program right and so nothing in the bylaws says you have to take your prep to all of the big competitions and compete against like these really competitive you know super competitive events for your prep squads so you know that's a little something b what you got for us gym owners do you find yourself working hundred hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how NextGen can help you, book a call at Next genowners.com. I agree with you on the who are your prep coaches. You know, I feel like we truly do have a very good group of dedicated prep coaches. I think they do such an amazing job with the kids. And when my girls started out, they started out with, you know, Bailey and Claire as their coaches their first year. And I really, truly think that they had an influence on my girls falling in love with cheer. And, you know, even now to this day, like I always tell them, like,
like talk to Bailey and you know Claire is back now so that's good for them but they're like their safe comfort zone you know what I mean like they were young so it was good for them to start with them as coaches and you know I've said this multiple times if you want your prep cheerleaders to fall in love take them to spirit sports in Palm Springs Mm -hmm. it's such an amazing competition and there's so much going on and I know like my girls love that competition then also like the price point I think that really comes into play with going from elite to prep and you know for us it was a it's not a huge jump but it's it's a price point difference and then there is more travel for elite but I like you said it's easier said than done having some good prep coaches dedicated to prep and I think you guys have done a good job at least in our program not just being like oh that's just prep like you kind of like shrug them off I think you guys have done a good job at Mm -hmm. not doing that prep teams are important everybody's important in a business so you got to find out what energy you want to dedicate to each group I guess does that make sense Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense the other thing I see this a lot too with prep before I got to American we only did half year prep at PCM so our mid-season team was our prep team now prep isn't what it is today prep is a whole new beast of cheerleading but back then prep wasn't even really a regulated part of our sport it was just called like exhibition and we called them prep teams but it was half year they didn't compete and it was I mean it was less than what we do for midseason now our midseason now is a lot more regulated our midseason teams we compete them under what we consider novice teams so there's elite teams there's prep teams and there's also novice teams right so we compete our midseason under what we consider novice and our prep teams at PCM was like less structured than what we would have our novice teams at American I say a lot to say when I came over to American I was like prep goes full season it blew my mind that prep was a full season deal so a lot of gyms are still doing half year prep so by time we get to whenever january and you're competing against our prep team our prep team has been practicing since may your prep team has been practicing since november and there's just a stark difference between the two and i would think you know watching our prep teams oh man these teams are pretty good and they probably could have competed as an elite team back in the day but when they you look at our elite teams i go oh no like <laughs> that's what an elite team looks like that's what a prep team looks like but yeah they, they do a good job shout out to our our prep coaches because i really when i look at them i go man this is a really good solid routine and you realize it's all brand new athletes to the sport and so but help you know starting off in may definitely helps a lot so that'd be my other thing to help you know full season let me ask you this question so our elite teams have there's certain teams have team tumbling does prep have team tumbling too or no no prep does not have team tumbling okay so i will say this when my girls were on prep they did not have a back walkover front walkover and majority of their team that year didn't have a back walkover front walkover there was a couple girls that did say there was 25 girls five of them probably had it by the end of the season everybody on that team had a back walkover front walkover so mm-hmm. to me that is like those coaches were doing such a great job they worked with the kids they worked with all of them and got everybody doing a back walkover front walkover which I don't know as a parent I think that's really cool when you have a team of 25 and you know only five have it they definitely put in the work and I think that they do a really good job maybe you should do a training on that Jason how to make sure you have good 
prep coaches. There you go. Hire from within people who are, this is a secret, hire from within people who are passionate about your program. And, you know, our coaches, for example, pretty much all of them are former American cheer athletes. And so they are already super passionate about the program, like growing up as athletes in the program. And then some conversations lead to another where they're like, you, you find out they're interested in coaching cheerleading. You go, okay, well, let's start off with this. And then from there, you know, you can just like see the kids who, who gravitate towards, you know, wanting to coach. And then you start putting some eggs in their baskets, giving them more responsibility. And all of a sudden you got a dynamic staff who's, and, and I really try to emphasize to our coaches that the role they play in our program is an important one, whether it is cheer 101, all the way up to, you know, whatever elite team that they may be coaching, that all of these teams are important. I feel like a lot of gyms really put an emphasis on their higher level teams. And so all the coaches really just care about coaching like the higher level teams. Like, I, you know, I just want to be able to coach this team. I just want to be able to coach this team one day. Kind of the same way families are trying to get just to the highest level as quickly as possible. I feel like a lot of gyms, the coaches are kind of doing the same thing. And so they're not as dedicated to making their level as strong as it can be or that team as strong as it can be. And so you have to get people who know that what they're doing in this moment is an important role and really pour. So they pour into their role and know that it plays a part in the overall success of your program. So there you go. And I feel like we, we've we got that. So shout out to our coaches. Yes. All right, B. Um, anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. All right, y'all. I guess that's it then. I got, we got some good stuff coming up for you guys. We have some, Oh, I got some new ideas coming up for the show. So stay tuned. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> uh, I remember we used to say that all the time. We used to say that all the time in the beginning. Like, comment, subscribe, please. But you can still do it. We still need those things. Hey, leave a review. We haven't had a review left in a few months. Leave a review, a good positive review. Give us a five-star review. And if anyone leaves a five-star review with nice positive comments, we'll read it on air next week. We'll do it. Right, B? B will yeah, read it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight. We're, we're out. out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.